0: Good afternoon, listeners. Daniel Garve here with you on SEN 1170 Afternoons, filling in for the great Jimmy Smith until Thursday. He's on The Breakfast Show, and we've got a massive show ahead to get you through your afternoon on this rainy Sydney day. You might be dashing around trying to get your Christmas shopping done. It's not pleasant with this rain bucketing down. It looks like it'll stay that way for the next couple of days at least, so we'll try and keep you company in the car and make sure you join in with the conversation as well. Some cracking interviews coming up today. We're going to the UK just after one. Now, one of the leading football writers on the planet, Rory Smith from the New York Times, if you don't mind, will join us. He's inside on Ange Postecoglou, sports fans, and the potential for him, yes, you're going to hear this correctly, to take over at Manchester City one day is fascinating. Rory is right across this. Tell us all about Ange and how he's resonating over there in the UK. But maybe there are bigger things ahead, even though he's in the infancy of his tenure at Tottenham Hotspur at the moment. He'll also give us his reflections on his time covering the Women's World Cup here in Australia amid Matildas mania. It's a great memory. And it got me thinking, can anyone usurp Ange or the Matildas for our Sports Achievers of the Year in 2023? And I thought let's do some sports awards with that in mind on the show today. So give us your best performers of the year as we get close to the end of 2023 and the biggest underachievers as well. On the text line 0457 736 736, send us your nominations. And the open line, call up and have a chat to me. I'd love to go through them with you in detail. one one 1170 one one 1170 for the open line. 0457 736 736 for the text line. Any sport, any nomination, you lead the way. It's the SEN Afternoons Oscars. Pat Cummins has fair claims for that award as the biggest achiever of 2023. We'll talk cricket too with Adam Collins from SEN Cricket as we look ahead to Boxing Day and see how the wicket is shaping up. Does Scotty Boland get a go on his home turf? The sentimental favourite there in Melbourne. Will there be any change? And then we look ahead to the rest of the summer and shoehorning Cameron Green in some way for the selectors to do so because of his undoubted talent. The future captain, is it Travis Head? Is that nailed on? Adam Collins will answer all of that for us. Plenty of rugby league nominations will come in, no doubt. The Hammer. Is he the man who leads the way? Kalen Ponga, the daily and medalist. Who underachieved? Brad Fittler with the Blues. Is he your nomination in that sense? Get on the text line 0457 736 736. And the open line 1300 01 1170. Xavier Bartlett from the Heat will join us as well. We can chat about the crazy prices for the Aussies at the IPL auctions. It's eye-watering stuff. And uh, Mitchell Stark, of course, is leading the way at the moment for the Aussies in that sense. Pat Cummins was the most expensive player in IPL history. But he's been outdone by Mitchell Stark. The Australian pace veteran yielded more than $8 million at Tuesday night's mini auction in Dubai. He won a World Cup and the Aussies are likely to ramp up a fair bit in terms of their demands. What about the Mitchell Johnson saga? What do you think about this? Cricket Australia banishing him from hosting a couple of rooms at the Perth Test due to his scathing comments on David Warner. I would have thought that would have been of interest to Cricket Australia. You're entertaining corporates after all. Don't you want them to uh, hear from the man himself when you've paid top dollar for a corporate ticket? Get Mitchell Johnson in there to explain why in a bit more detail. Seems a little bit sensitive from the power brokers at Cricket Australia. But that's an interesting one that might have you fired up. Mitchell Johnson stood down from speaking functions. But get on the open line. We want to know your best performers of the year and your biggest underachievers in Australian and world sport. 0457 736 736 for the text line and the open line 1300 01 1170. Big news in rugby league though. We're going to speak to Tim Barrow in a moment about the Aden Fanua-Blake decision to go to the Sharks and to reject the Dragons. Where does this leave St. George-Illawarra? You've missed out on a couple of big names in recent times and I've got a drama with Junior Amone, of course, that has stretched on for some time. A text through from Graham, though. He's chimed in. Team of the year, the Australian cricket team. Hard to look past them, of course. Weren't they fantastic? Winning the World Cup, taking it to India against all odds. Um and on the pitches that of course didn't favour us and retaining the ashes. Matildas are his most inspirational and the West Tigers for Graham, the disappointment of the year both on and off the field. I like it, Graham. Into it early for our sports awards of the year for twenty twenty three. Your best achievers, your biggest underachievers, most inspirational, whatever category you want to drum up. Do it for us. Uh, the dragons haven't ended the year the way they would have liked. Tim Barrow from Saturdays in the Gong has joined us already. Tim, thanks for doing so, mate. Uh, they've targeted a couple: Tommy dearden Adam Fanua, Blake. Before we get onto the dragons, though, the move though by Cronulla to get him for the 2025 season and beyond, the big Warriors forward. How big is that, and why has he chosen Cronulla? Do you think?
1: Yeah, good afternoon, Daniel. You know it's dire for the Dragons when the West Tigers are making you look bad <laughs> in the player market. Um, yeah, it's a huge signing for the Sharks. They lacked the firepower through the middle. They were shown up particularly defensively there last year in some big games. Uh, so great signing for Craig Fitzgibbon and the Sharks, and they they did it in a really uh, business like manner, didn't they? So I think it just shows they mean business for for next or for the following season with uh, Fanua Blake sticking with the Warriors uh, for next year. But, yeah, in the same way, a massive blow for the Dragons because they just haven't been able to to land a blow at all in the player market.
0: Yeah, so they miss out on Adam Fanua Blake. They miss out on Tommy Dearden. And they've got the junior Amono Saga. I mean, he's, he's a rising star. And his contract's going to be terminated. So... What sort of position is Shane Flanagan in on the whole? How big of a blow is this? And where to do you think for the Dragons from here?
1: I don't think he has any choice now, but to take a long-term approach to it. I mean, you look at the strategy of the bottom three teams, the Bulldogs have seemingly signed every utility available on the market. Uh, Connor Tracy will be, have his value. Uh, Drew Hutchinson, Kurt Mann, Blake Taft. Uh, they're all uh, valuable players to an extent, given the, uh, lean amount of uh, decent halves there are on the market and then the Tigers land the big fish with uh, with Jerome Luai and obviously Benji Marshall will hope that they can build a team around so it's sort of where to next for the Dragons. No doubt Joey Manu will be the number one target but the Roosters are a notoriously hard team to prize a player out of and uh, whether it's Joey Manu or perhaps Luke Keary, there might be some value there but um, the big question will be whether Ben Hunt wants to commit beyond next season uh, and see out his career with the Dragons. Because if he was to go uh, after next year, well, yeah, they've, they've got some uh, real holes in their
0: squad. Sometimes when a story stretches on for a long period of time, we lose track a bit in terms of its significance. And the Junior Amone story, I mean, he was a rising star, a lot of talent there. This happened in November last year, though. Um, the drama where he allegedly brandished a hammer and chased a tradesman off a roof. He's set to have his contract here registered. So because it goes on for a while and we discuss the minutiae of what's actually happened in so much detail, we sometimes lose track of how big of a blow it might be. How talented a player are and George losing in your mind, Tim?
1: Yeah, certainly a talent. I mean, there's just so much potential there, but it, it sort of speaks to how they've managed that next generation of talent coming through. I mean, uh, it's not like the Amone situation has blindsided them. They've been well aware of it for some time. Uh, they've let Jaden Sullivan go off to the Tigers, and then there's the doubt around Terrell Sloan staying at fullback next year, although he may well start the season in the number one jersey. But, you know, his form wasn't great this season. So... You, you talk about bringing those players through. It It wasn't long ago that Dragons fans were kind of uh, having all their hope in in what those three players were going to bring in the next sort of three or five years. And all of a sudden, there's now this sort of gaping hole in that strategy. So uh, when you throw the Ben Hunt situation into it, I mean, uh, Hunt's 33, Jack de 32, uh, Jack Bird may well have another contract in, in 28 uh, in terms of him being 28 but uh, there's some real questions just in terms of strategy and uh, when you talk about this, the, the joint venture clubs and uh, the lack of cohesion on boards and we've seen the West Tigers board overthrown um, you know there's there's huge huge questions for the Dragons to answer and I mean Shane Flanagan's a, a tough operator he, he will no doubt Set out a strategy over the next six months and be be patient in trying to do that. He'll he'll still believe that they can be a finals contender next year, but there's just so many question marks. Whereas you know, in that comparison to the Tigers, that the hope of having uh, Jerome Luai coming to the club um, shows that they can they can build a team around a player.
0: Dragons fans, give us your thoughts. 0457 736 736 or on the open line one 1170. Tim Barrow, Saturdays in the Gong host, is with us to talk these big issues in rugby league as we get towards the end of the year. And the Jerome Luai story is the biggest of all right now. So he's set to move to West, as we know, for $6 million over five years. It's yet to be ratified, of course. And there's still some hope from some Penrith fans that they'll chime in in this 10-day period where you can respond to the deal and perhaps sway his mind perhaps Bulldogs fans are hopeful their team can pull a rabbit out of a hat and get Jerome Luai over to Canterbury but uh, it's looking almost certain that he'll be a West Tigers player um, how are you monitoring this story Tim and and where do you when do you think we might get some sort of confirmation on it
1: It's fascinating isn't it I mean as if the NRL needs any more drama They energy. love it
0: though Tim come on this is great for them <laughs> it's
1: exact- it's exactly right. Let's just add a 10-day clause to make you know, <laughs> exactly. three other teams stay, stay in the mix to see if they can uh, add value to the, the offer. I mean, it seems like he will uh, land at West. I mean, Penrith have been reluctant to, to up the offer and it'll be fascinating to see how they deal with that scrutiny, the Panthers. They've, they, they've been so untouchable now for those three years and they've let Stephen Crichton go, they've let other players go and, and you just You you can feel that squad being stretched and and it'll be fascinating next year to see how uh, the Panthers can cope with that bit of extra adversity and and how the group deals with it. But um, I guess just touching on the the Dragons again, I mean, Tom Dearden was the one to me. If, if If the Dragons had been able to sign Tom Dearden, which I think would have been an ideal replacement for Ben Hunt, he's 22, the pressure would have been off. They could have got to the end of this season and sort of said, well, let's work out a deal. Uh, where's your destination club? You're going back to Queensland. Where are you going to land, Ben? Let's make everyone happy and we can get on with it. But having missed out on that, now, you know, maybe Joey Manu or Luke Keery is the, the key weapon. But, uh, yeah, I
0: think there would have been a fair bit of anxiety when Dean committed to the Cowboys. No doubt. Let's hear from Brad Fittler on Jerome Lewi and that impending move to the Tigers.
1: He's just got that little zest about him that can really add anything, add a spark to any footy club or footy teams. I and mean, we talk about the result uh, what he does, he brings it every single day that every other person's not watching. And that's the value of Jerome Lloyd. Stephen Croydon was another one. There are people who just turn up every single day. They work hard. They've got a smile on their face. They love the game and they repay the game and he'll do that wherever he goes.
0: Can you be a culture changer on the field, Tim? I mean, special players often come in and alter the landscape of a, of a sporting organisation. Sometimes they don't always quite work out, though. Wests have been in the doldrums for a while. Can Jerome Luai be the catalyst to alter that?
1: He's such an, an enigmatic figure, isn't he? I mean, we, we talk about the Instagram posts, which Ryle uh, fans and rivals alike, but yet there's so much praise for him in terms of his work ethic and, uh, and he, obviously his ability on the field. Uh, stepping out of Nathan Cleary's shadow. How is that going to work when he goes to the Tigers? We've seen so many high-profile players go to struggling clubs and and just have difficulties in a different system. Uh, Matt Burton's probably an example with the Bulldogs where uh, he's obviously a good player with a booming kick but just hasn't had enough talent around him to really make his impact. So um, Benji Marshall's no doubt convinced him that Maybe Benji sees a bit of himself in in luai and and what they can do, so uh, I guess with the you know the, the pay packet that's coming with it it's a very hard uh offer to resist and, and it's a real challenge for luai i mean he's won three he might may well win four premierships for the the panthers, and he can walk away pretty much saying that there's nothing left to to achieve with penrith i guess and and then there's another challenge for him but I think the, the trouble, I mean, he's got Abbey Coruscant there. No doubt he's uh, had those conversations with him. But um, you know you walk into another club knowing that you're probably going to take three or four years until you're back in that situation where you're, you're up there again.
0: Yep. Uh, this one threw on the text line for you, Tim. It's from BJC from Blacktown. He says, Who can sack the Dragons board? Is it a similar setup to the Tigers? So the Dragons' board needs to change. They don't know what they don't know, meaning they can't see that they are the problem, they are the distraction. I mean, you're close to it all there in in Wollongong. Um, do you feel there's merit in that?
1: Uh, it, the the Dragons sort of have a, I wouldn't say a happy marriage. It's a, a marriage with certainly some friction in terms of uh, Wind Corporation taking over the Steelers' side of the the board and. Um, you know, the and the they don't always see eye to eye. We certainly saw that in the appointment of Shane Flanagan. There was a, a lot of support for Jason Riles as coach before uh, that fell through. And then uh, Flanagan was kind of the, the last man standing. There was still at least one board member who wasn't totally convinced about getting Flanagan on board. Um, you, you only have to look at the history of the joint venture clubs to show that it hasn't been easy, it hasn't been cohesive. Uh, and this is the big challenge for the Dragons. I mean, they've got a, a multi-million-dollar high-performance centre coming to Wollongong uh, in the next few years, which the the NRL have sort of brought in uh, through four of the the NRL clubs. But there's still always that push and pull with the Dragons in terms of location, as there is with the Tigers with Leichhardt and Campbelltown. That the the Dragons sort of have to um, appease both the the Cogra and Wollongong fans. Um, there's a huge catchment of players on the South Coast, which uh, no doubt the Dragons have to commit a large portion of their future to the South Coast, the Illawarra, because uh, that's where a lot of their junior development is going to come from. And and the, the, the Dragons, uh, St. George, I mean, for all their history, they, they just can't uh, offer that sort of, uh, sort of base. So um, in terms of the board, uh, I think Shane Flanagan's, big enough to be able to handle uh, those sort of issues, but you've got to be able to build some confidence and make some noise and and land a couple of players to to really bring it together because we haven't seen anything like it since Wayne Bennett left town Mm. after winning the 2010 Premiership.
0: Tim, just to finish, we are doing our sports awards today in the afternoon show for 2023. The best performers of the year, the biggest underachievers. Can you give us some rugby league nominations, please, to end on?
1: Oh, then I mean, the Panthers are the obvious, aren't they? I loved what the Knights did and the Warriors with their their fairy tale. Uh, so, you know, I I think that if they're not the best performers, they certainly deserve a lot of merit. The the Rabbitohs can go down as the underperformers, maybe <laughs> with with New South Wales Origin. I think uh, you know, there's a lot of head scratching in terms of how that all went wrong uh, in both camps. I just wanted to give you one outside of rugby league. I just I know Manchester City are uh, copping a lot of flack in terms of the charges hanging over them, but the the treble that they won, yeah. you talked about Ange Postacoglu and a potential future. I mean, they played some irresistible football during the season and that first half in the Champions League semifinal against Real Madrid was uh, one of the most extraordinary 45 minutes of football I've seen. So, uh, you know, I know they have their detractors and I'm sure there's a lot of eye-rolling out there amongst the <laughs> listeners, but uh, they're an extraordinary football team and um, let's see what happens in the future with the uh, the charges above them. But, uh, yeah, I mean, to win a treble was extraordinary.
0: Yeah, well said. I mean, I don't think Man City get the credit that they probably deserve because of the resources at their disposal. So a treble from Man City doesn't get the plaudits that a treble from another club would. Um, unfortunately, that's just the territory that Manchester City are in because they're owned by... An entire country, the UAE, and, and they've got incredible riches to play with. And there's the charges hanging over their head, but yeah, the football's fantastic. And uh, yeah, the desire to win and the relentlessness uh, is clearly there because you can't win a treble as much talent as you have without that. So, a very good nomination, Tim. Mate, thanks for your rugby league insights and uh, and all else. Have a great Christmas, mate. Really enjoyed that. Great to chat and uh, happy Christmas to all Dragon fans. Thank you to Tim Barrow, Saturday's In The Gong host. I liked his nominations. Make sure you join in as well on the open line, 1300 0111 01170 for a chat. The text line, 0457 736 736. We've got a couple more to bring you after the break. Join in because we'd love to get your insights. The Sports Awards, the best achievers, the biggest underachievers for 2023. Plenty more coming up after the break on SEN 1170 Afternoons.